Welcome to Next Up, a Mid-Century Homes production, where we highlight the people, the places, and the work of folks that are making an impact in the world of mid-century design and architecture. And when we are not conducting interviews for this podcast, we are making mid-century dreams come true in Boise, Idaho. You can find out more about the work we do online at mid-centuryhomes.com, or you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Boise Mid-Century Homes. This is Vance with Mid-Century Homes. Thanks for tuning in. On today's podcast, we have Danielle and Cole St. Peter. On Instagram, you might know them as Post and Beam Living. Their renovation process has been published by Atomic Ranch Magazine, as well as a few other notables. So if you haven't checked them out yet online, we highly suggest that you do. We discuss their favorite projects, estate sales, and one very memorable moonlight date. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast, but first, here's a word from our sponsor. So let's jump right in. Danielle, tell us a little bit about yourselves and where you're from. Sure. Um, well, first of all, I wanted to just thank you so much for having us. Um, oh, yeah. We are Danielle and Cole of Post and Beam Living, and we live in a 1957 mid-century home in North Glen, Colorado, which is just a couple miles north of Denver. And I, Very cool. Yeah, I moved here in about eight years ago, um, and... When I, well, sorry, I moved here eight years ago from Dallas, Texas, where I grew up. And when I first came to Colorado, I moved to Aspen, and that's where I met Cole. And two years after that, I got a job at the Denver Art Museum. So um, that's where I currently work. And um, Cole, I don't know if you want to just jump in and say a little bit about yourself. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, like she said, I, I grew up here in Denver, and... Um, I ventured my way up to Aspen uh, about four years before I met Danielle and I ended up living there for six years. Uh, and it was, it was a really great time in my life, a really cool place to live. And, uh, yeah, then we ended up back here. And so Cole is the primary caregiver of our son Tabor. And, um, I should also mention that we have uh, a fur baby, Sydney, who has not, only lived through one renovation with us but two so she is a she's a super trooper <laughs> so cole tell us about about your uh, your love story with danielle thus far yeah so we uh we we met in aspen like i said i've been up there for for four years and it's a just a really fun place to live and um i was uh i was heading out to the x games the night one of the x games in january um and a friend of mine who was Danielle's snowboard instructor, uh, in, invited her out to come out with our group to come out to the X Games. And met her that night, and we kind of hit it off right away. Um, and uh, we got to know each other a little bit over, you know, a little date here and there. And then I invited her to come with me on a full moon hike up Buttermilk Mountain. Oh, nice. And uh, that's just, that's kind of a, a cool thing in Aspen. At least during the time I was there, it was like, a bunch of people would hike up at different times of the night and you just hike up in your groups. And then when you get to the top, there's a big bonfire and a bunch of people like just celebrating the, the full moon night. Um, so yeah, we, we, we did that. And there was just, there's a lot of things like that that you can do up there that are kind of romantic and spark like a, you know, a great, <laughs> a great strong relationship. Yeah. And, um, so yeah, kind of from there, the rest is, is history then. Um, but I would like to for... jump in really quick and say that coming from Texas, 
I knew nothing about mountains and snow sports. So all of that was super intimidating to me. And so, um, yeah, it was just, <laughs> it was such an incredible experience to like be in winter for the first time and to have these incredible experiences that I had just never yeah. had before living in Texas. So um, I was completely out of my element and um, I was just so grateful for Cole to, cause I, the snowboard instructor thing was like three days. So Cole continued to help me navigate this world of like going down the mountain really fast on a stick and <laughs> yeah, and, and, and when I, when I invited her on this full moon hike, I, I thought about the hike up and that that would be fun, but I didn't think about the snowboarding down. down at three in the morning oh, from, gosh. from the top of essentially where the X games like course is, you know? And, uh, so it took us a little longer than most people to get down. Uh, I had to help Danielle down, <laughs> down the mountain yeah. by moonlight. Uh, but that was, that was really cool. It was a really like awesome bonding experience for us. I think, Oh and, yeah. you know, we, we, we kind of got lost cause I wasn't really focusing on where I was going. I was focusing on keeping her alive. <laughs> <laughs> well, you succeeded. Yeah. Yeah, I did. We did. We're here. Awesome. You made it. We did. All right. So let's jump into your home a little bit. What's your, what was the defining feature that really spoke to you guys, you know, initially before you bought it? Well, when we first saw the home, it was through pictures via, via text message and um, mostly interior shots. And I think the thing that jumped out the most to us was this wall of windows that we have that basically spans the entire front of the house from the living room all the way through the kitchen. And it's this diagonal line of just windows. And I should have calculated it before this, but I mean, it's, it's incredible. Um, we have like 40 something windows. Um, oh, wow. So that was the, that was the thing that immediately drew our attention. But I think, you know, we, we saw the pictures. We said we wanted to go see the house the next day. We did a walkthrough. We put an offer on the house immediately. Um, and I think when we walked through the house, I mean, obviously it needs a ton of work. Um, we were definitely up for another project. We had just finished being renovated um, another home that took about two years. And um, it didn't scare us, though. Like we knew, we knew we were up for it. We knew this house had so much potential. And the thing that we loved the most was just this kind of indoor-outdoor feel. It had all of the windows in the front, plus windows on the side. The master yeah. has floor-to-ceiling windows with a private... Um, entrance or exit I should say to the backyard and then we have this amazing deck that overlooks the mountains to the west so you know we had indoor outdoor feel in our last house um but this one just took it to a whole new level oh yeah yeah I mean that many windows it'd be hard not to yeah I think we. yeah there's actually there's actually 125 single pane windows in this house I knew you would know 125 yep Oh my gosh, that's unreal. <laughs> yeah, we get window yeah. Win window people coming over all the time asking us if we want to get our windows replaced because they're single-paned windows. Um, so we're, we're kind <laughs> yeah. of a gold mine for them. But, you know, Cole can actually speak to this better, but we are a passive um, solar home. Solar. So, oh, nice. and Cole, do you so yeah, the way, yeah, the way that, the way that the house was... Uh, positioned on this plot of land um essentially in the in the winter the sun arcs 
uh, through the southern sky and stays in the windows and it comes out where it comes up, it comes up directly into the kitchen and it fills the whole house with heat and light. Uh, and then as it moves to the summer, the, the sun comes up behind the kitchen wall and goes almost directly up over the top of the house. And also because we have like 18 inch eaves, uh, around the whole house that kind of adds to that uh that shade that that built-in shade structure for us too that's so awesome that just worked out perfectly didn't it yeah yeah yeah, it's great it's really great and we're on top of a hill so we have amazing um, access to like breezes that flow through the house and we have our windows open and our doors open so that really helps to cool down the house too um, in the spring and the summertime well, it sounds like you guys would have been crazy to say no to that place. Yeah, and I and I should mention that we weren't even looking to buy a house when we got those pictures. You know, we were very happily living in our home that we renovated, and we're just enjoying um, relaxing in a space after spending so long working on it. Um, but I had yeah. told my realtor friend um, previously that if anything ever came up that was just really, really, really special to let us know, so he sent those pictures in and And he's like this is special this is really special we right we would be crazy not to take this opportunity and the house actually never went to market the gentleman who owned it didn't want um he didn't want people coming in and out of the house he really wanted to just find somebody who wanted to to purchase it and take it on and so he kind of reached out to a couple of realtors in denver who um, who were in, who had clients who would be interested in mid-century homes, and we were you know very very lucky that it didn't go to market. Otherwise, I don't know. We probably may not have this home because we probably would have been outbid. So it worked out really beautifully for us. <laughs> yeah, that's that's awesome. I'm so glad you guys picked it up because you're the you're just the perfect people for it. The work you've done, I mean, everything has been amazing. Well, thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. That's so, uh, that's very nice of you to say. Yeah, totally. Um, so Cole, you guys have been doing like that incredible work on the home. What's what's that journey been like for you? Well, it's you know because because we had just been freshly off of uh, a 1955 Post and Beam home that we had renovated down in South Denver. Uh, yeah, we part of the journey was knowing what we had done down there that we'd like to do differently potentially. And, and, you know, some of it was just making sure that we were uh, bringing a respectful nod to the era when we were doing this house. Um, a really yeah. good, a good example of that for us is uh, we kind of found out that since this house is 1957, um, the, the carpet that was put in here was put in originally. Now the carpet that was in here when we moved in, wasn't the original carpet. But it wasn't a situation where you rip up the carpet and there's gorgeous hardwood floors underneath um, because this, this home, it was, it was a custom feature to have carpet put in as an original feature. Um, and so that was kind of a bummer for us, but also because we had just done that house and there was a couple of rooms here that did have the original, like, like a, a, a red oak hardwood floor. That, oh, nice. that I just decided to um, take out those rooms and make it a full red oak floor for the whole, um, for the whole main, main floor. And so 
uh, you know, putting, putting in nice red oak floors and doing it the, the traditional way was, was something that I wanted to do to make sure that we, we have kind of a nod to that era, even though it's, it's a new material. Um, and, you know, actually we had to expose the, the beams on, on the ceiling that, that you see the, the big yeah. three beams, those were, those were drywalled originally. And so what was really cool about that for us is that I could just take off the drywall and, and clean them up a little bit. And, and they look the way they do today. They're just beautiful beams. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Did you guys know that there were, were exposed beams underneath that drywall? Uh, well, so we, we knew that there was beams under there, but we didn't know what, what condition they were in. And we were, we were okay with painting them maybe if, if they weren't in good shape or, you know, or if, if they had already been painted, but yeah, no, it was, it was definitely a really amazing surprise to be, to, to take down that drywall and see these beams in, in the condition that they were in. Well, yeah, that's super lucky. Well, and I think it was interesting for us too, because again, just like the carpet, we assumed there was hardwoods under the carpet because most 50, home, 50 homes have that. But with the drywall too, we assumed that that was added later because, it just didn't seem like drywalling over the beams. I mean, every other 1950s house we had been in, the beams were exposed. That was just one of the features. And so, but as we started touring other homes in this neighborhood, they all had drywall over them. So I think, again, it was, these were all custom homes and it was just a way to kind of elevate um, with some of these fine finishes. uh, Right, like at that time, drywalling over the beams to make them disappear was like, something cool to do (laughs) yeah yeah it's funny how times change you know yeah yeah Yeah. it is funny how times change and it will be very interesting to see what the future is like you know if if the the things that we've done to this home stand the test of time too oh yeah absolutely um so what are your guys's favorite projects that you've worked on so far uh, well, my my favorite projects uh, both kind of happened at at the same time. Actually, um, we we you know part part of our our story is that we when we first moved into that that first mid century home, we we both kind of realized that we really loved that architecture, and we were so fascinated with filling it with the period specific furniture pieces, or you know yeah. making making it look and and live like the space that it was supposed to be. And so we started going to a lot of estate sales. And uh, this one in particular, I ended up finding an original 1960s Sears mailbox. And uh, during that same time as I found that, that mailbox, we were designing the, the railings that okay. lead, up, lead up into the, the, the living room. And so... Uh, I looked up the mailbox and found the original post that it would have been sold with. And I, I ended up welding and making that exact, like a, a replica of that post for the mailbox and had it oh, all nice. powder coated together. Yeah, it looks, it, it looks gorgeous. And then, uh, you know, at, at the same time I built those railings and I just had such a good time, uh, you know, in, in that design build process with, with, steel and going to the steel yard and figuring out what gauges of steel I needed and working yeah. with a welder and grinding and getting them powder coated. It was just a really fun process for me. And that's definitely 
been a, been a highlight of working on this house. Uh, what about you, Danielle? Any favorites so far? Yeah, I mean, cold is a lot of the heavy lifting in terms of actually doing the work on the projects. And I really come in um, more with the design side. So I just, I have so much fun hunting for good pieces. And so, I don't know, I think for me, it's really about, you know, we have these amazing spaces that, you know, once we're done doing the work, there are these kind of blank canvases that we can then go in and fill with all of these amazing, you know, pieces of furniture. And um, so for me, I think it's about the transformation of the space afterwards. And even just, I was looking at pictures the other day, I was updating our website and just the transformation, even over the past two years of, of our rooms and how we've changed out little elements here and there and, seen how it's changed the space and how it how it evolves and I just I don't know I just have so much fun with that so it's not like my favorite project isn't necessary it's kind of an ongoing project it's not one that just we do it and it's done it's just always kind of trying to think of like okay what's next what else is going to make this room um special so that's a good way to put it yeah. awesome well, so well, yeah, and, yeah, and cool. that's what's kind of crazy about it too is you know we'll be we'll be really excited about you know we we had a we had a full dining set with a with a really pretty Brasilia hutch and um a, a lane perception table with ten matching chairs and, oh yeah and then Danielle like we're we're laying in bed one night and she shows me this rocking chair at this estate sale. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've wanted that rocking chair forever. It's like on my bucket list. And I go to get it. And not only are there two of those rocking chairs, but there's this dining set that we have in there now, that table and that hutch. And they're, <laughs> they're like also bucket list pieces. And it's just crazy yeah. to, to, you know, be so happy with what you have and then see something that, you know, is just going to set that space off and just it's it was it was hard to part with the other pieces because they were they were also special to us but but getting this new furniture in the space just lit that room up and and it's it's so cool to come out and and know that we're the second owners of of this furniture and and we have like a uh um you know a a trail of of where that furniture came from yeah, so, we, yeah we have the paperwork from when they first purchased it and then it's like oh that's awesome you know we bought this furniture and then we were doing an atomic ranch photo shoot and it was it was for I don't, it was one of our photo shoots and then it was like we wanted we needed a bigger rug and then um, <laughs> we found, we kind of sent out the feelers to all the people we knew and you know one of our good dear friends mid-century mike here in denver was like you can have our my vintage braided rug and so then we put that in the space and that just like truly transformed it and I mean I think that's one of the things I love so much about this community is all of the wonderful people that we meet I mean we know so many people from the estate sales now and like I sold something on Facebook oh, I'm sure. the other day and the woman who came to pick up our vintage home crest furniture outside was a woman we had met at a state sale six months ago. And now we're like oh, yeah. good friends and, you know, 
it's just, it's so funny how, you know, it's such a close knit community, whether it's here in Denver, whether it's on Instagram, I just, I really appreciate that about whether it's in Boise, Idaho, or whether it's in Boise, exactly, exactly. (laughs) We're your friends out here too. Yeah. Yeah, It's incredible. Um, Awesome. Well, let's, let's jump back a little bit to that, um, that estate state, estate sale that you mentioned. Um, what was it like when you showed up there and you saw two rocking chairs and then these other few pieces too, that were, um, bucket list items where you like, were you like super excited or were you like, Oh gosh, dang it. Now I have to buy all of this stuff. Well, (laughs) yeah, that depends on who you're asking. Um, first, first of all, uh, I had to get there like six hours early or something <laughs> crazy to get yeah. that to on the, on the first day to get the, to get one of the rocking chairs. And I had my son with me and he was just in a stroller, not walking yet or anything. And I'm just like feeding, <laughs> feeding him and trying to keep him happy. And yeah. I'm like the third person in line. And this is one of the estate sales where people can come in and just place a bag or a box and then leave and go get coffee. So I was lucky to even be the third person in line at that point. And, uh, uh, again, kind of a strange story like this, the, the person standing in in front of me is now a good friend of mine that, that, uh, buys and, and resells mid-century furniture and does like a little bit of a restoration on pieces if they need it in, in the Denver area. But, She's actually the one that ran to the chair and pulled the tag and got it for me. Oh, that's and, awesome. And I guess, I guess that I feel, I feel really lucky that everything was way overpriced on that, on that first day <laughs> because um, nobody else wanted any of that stuff because of the prices. And so yeah. I ended up, I ended up going back on 50% off day. I said, look, if, if these pieces are still here on 50% off day, I'll just be the first person in line and get them. And the, the lady that whose parents own the house that was running the estate sale, she took my phone number and called me the night before and told me it was all still there. So I, I kind of knew that it was all still there and I was getting it on 50% off. So again, I had to show up really early. It was like the craziest (laughs) weekend. I went there three different days in a row and was one of the first people in line and spent <laughs> spent more hours in the front of the house just waiting than I did yeah. actually picking up pieces. But you know, that's, that's, that's how you have to do it sometimes. Because if you, if you really want something, you figure it out, you realize that that's what you're going to have to do. Oh yeah. It's either you get it or, or you don't, you have to wait another who knows how long to get it. Yeah. Right. So I mean, yeah, I mean, it was, Oh, I was going to say, I think why I asked or I laughed and I asked, who are you asking is because it happens so many times that we go to an estate sale for one thing. And then it's like, we end up buying so many more things than we anticipated. And so that's just, that happens all the time. And I remember that weekend I was like, our dining set is perfectly fine. We don't need a whole new dining set. Yeah. But of course, at the end of the day, I mean, we could not walk away without this thing. So yeah, the preface (laughs) is it's, it, it's always my fault. (laughs) (laughs) because i'm the one that has like the weird crazy expensive taste in yeah even in even in vintage furniture it's like oh my goodness i have to have that and it's like really dude do you really have to have that and then once we finally get it in the space and we've figured all of the finances out or whatever it's it turns out that we did need to have it yeah (laughs) and it's always worth it and it at the end of the day it also also is an investment because these pieces are 
so iconic and important and they hold their value because the quality of the material is so good that we know that we can live with it for a period of time. And then if we do find something that we different that we may want, that we can always resell these pieces and find them a new home with someone who's going to love them and enjoy them. Yeah. Just um, as much as you have. Exactly. So I'm not, I'm not terribly worried about that. Um, so, yeah. Nice. I like that. Um, so you guys have been documenting the history of your home and also your neighborhood. Um, so Danielle, why, why is that important to you? Well, it's interesting. You know, we, um, we have a local historian who's also a neighbor of ours, Lauren Weatherly, and she has been doing some incredible work um, kind of uncovering the, the history of this neighborhood. And um, one of the things that I, that I wanted to share actually was just some of the mysteries surrounding our neighborhood. And, um, you know, as I said, our house was 1957 and it was actually the last home that was built in our neighborhood. Um, and there are, there are 28 homes total, but the original subdivision filing from the developer was that there was going to be 166 homes. Oh, wow. Yeah. So So not even close not even close so he started with the bigger homes that were on the hill that kind of faced downtown denver and faced the mountains but the rest of them were never built and there are so many rumors around um why they weren't built and who built them and so we're still trying to figure that out and you know some of some of the rumors are that you know art swanson who was the developer ran out of money and then he skipped town there's rumors that he actually squatted in our home because it was the very last one um and then kind of moved on from there. So we're still trying to figure out who the architects um, are. And um, one of the other things that she found out was that this is was supposed to be a planned community and it was supposed to include schools and shopping and swimming pools and riding stables. Um, and none of that ever happened. But one of the things that I love, which I think speaks to the testament of this neighborhood, both then and now is that they still kind of found a way to make those things happen on their own. And one of the funny stories is that Tom Rapp, who, whose street, um, who our street is named after, he actually, him and his wife built a pool in their backyard and decided that they wanted to open it up for all the kids in the neighborhood. Oh, that's great. They didn't have like a local swimming pool as was promised in all of the advertisements. So he had a flag system. So where, when he raised a green flag, um, that meant that any kid in the neighborhood was welcome to come swim at their house. That's, that's so great. Yeah, he had an, a yellow flag, which meant adults only. And then he had a red flag, which was only like his family. Yeah. And so he kind of created this this community <laughs> around the swimming pool. And then, um, you know, they were also promised riding stables. And a lot of the people had horses, even, even though they didn't have stables, they still had horses and that sort of thing. So, um, But in terms of like the history of our home and why it's important to us, um, we know that we're the fourth homeowners. Um, We don't know who originally lived in the house, um, but our longest homeowners, Joanne and Pat um, Patterson, were here from 1968 to 2009. And after a year or so when we were in the home, one of the daughters actually drove by when Cole was working outside. And um, they got to talking and that led to her coming over and bringing her sister with her. And they came over for the afternoon, they toured the house and they brought all of these family photographs of them living in this home. Mm-hmm. And I think it really hit me at that time that, you know, we truly are the caretakers of this home. There were people here before us. 
there may be people in the future who live here. And I think for me, it's, it's important for me to document as much as I can about why this place was created and who has lived here and what are the many different phases that it's been through, through different renovations um, so that we can share it out. And not only to someone who might live here in the future, but also for the Patterson family, because they, they do follow us, you know, they, they contacted us through, um, through my website as well, or a couple of the family members. And so I know they're kind of watching from afar and it just means a lot that they can see that memories are being made here and, um, and that, you know, they can follow along with that as we create, as we create memories, as we um, continue to renovate the home and, um, and that we're taking care of it. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I've noticed you, you guys have done a really good job um, really humanizing the uh, the updates you've made and just the livability of your home. And I, I just, from a mid-century enthusiast standpoint, um, just really appreciate that. Yeah. And I think when they came, when they told us they were coming over to tour the house, I was so nervous because <laughs> I just, I was so worried they were going to be like, you destroyed my parents' home. Well, because we did make some radical changes, you know? Yeah, but that, that, that day when she stopped by, I was cutting out some bushes so that I could fit our 70s camper trailer that we used to have <laughs> like back in the back of this area and um and she she stopped by and yeah that that was the first thing that that I said to her was like are you sure you want to go inside this house cuz it it's completely different than you're going to remember it <laughs> yeah. and I just oh, man. I just want to make sure you know what you're getting yourself into and like I don't really want to be here for that reaction if it's not a good one. <laughs> yeah, you're going to you're going to jump up in that trailer and get out of there. Yeah. Yeah. And and she she said right away, she said, "You know what? There was so much about that house that I wish my parents would have done and and it would just be cool to see if you did some of that stuff." And ultimately we did do a lot of the stuff that that she had dreamt about as a kid sitting out on the porch thinking about what she would do to the house if it was hers. And, you know, yeah, that's, that's what was cool about it. Yeah. Once we got to talking, it was kind of like, we were doing a lot of things that, that she wished her parents would have done to the house or something like that, you know? So she, she loved it and she totally understood what things we were doing and, you know, why we had to put in a whole new kitchen and, and, you know, certain things like that, that, yeah, it's a, it's a full transformation but there were issues in the in the house when we took it over, and the only way to resolve some of those issues is to take everything out. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's great that you guys got some affirmation, you know, at least from the the past owners. Yeah. Yes, definitely. And she did. She did give us some advice, though. She said that her parents were master gardeners. Basically, their full time job was taking care of our of the yard, which is about a half acre. So she advised us very strongly to um, do whatever we could to make the yard look nice, but yeah. to not spend all day, every day gardening. So that was yeah. a good reminder because it is a lot. It's a lot of property to take you know, take care of. Yeah. Um, remind us of the, uh, just really quickly, the number of beds, baths, um, square footage, and acreage, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah. So it's 18,000 square feet acreage. So it's like 0. 0.4 acres um and then we have 
1330 square feet on the top floor, 1330 square foot on the lower, on the, the, the basement, lower level. Um, and the floor plan um, kind of mirrors each other from the top to the bottom. So yeah. we have the living room and kitchen and dining room, and then two bedrooms and a bathroom on the first floor, or sorry, two bathrooms on the first floor. And then we have kind of the main living area in the basement with two bedrooms, the, a bathroom and a laundry room um, on the, in the basement. Awesome. Okay. And the reason I said only one bathroom upstairs, that was a, that was a slip for me. Cause we only <laughs> have one bathroom renovated right now. The, the um, master yeah. bath is our project for the summer. So we will have two functioning bathrooms by the end of the summer up here. So. <laughs> nice. Okay. So Cole, as it, as it sits right now with you, do you feel like you could sell that house ever? Uh, yeah, at, at this point, I would certainly rather not sell this house ever. Uh, <laughs> and you know, if, if I was in a financial situation to like pass this house down or something like that, I would certainly love to do that. But you know, I, I had a similar feeling right when I got finished with that last house and sure, I would also rather have kept that house, but you never know what the future holds. And the most important thing to me is, is my lovely wife and my darling child. And so if, if we needed to move for some reason, because of something to do with them or, you know, something that would put us in a better position, I would hope that that position was good enough that we could keep the house and rent it and move on and, and, you know, maybe be able to retire here someday or whatever. So yeah, I, I, I don't want to sell it, but you never know. Yep, you you just never know what life's gonna throw your way. It's true. Um, so really quickly, where where's the best place to find you guys? Um, would you give us your Instagram handle and um, website and whatever other good ways are to reach you if needed? Yeah. So our Instagram handle, where we're probably most active, is at Post and Beam Living. That's all one word. And then um, we have a website, um, and that is postandbeamliving.space. And that's it. That, that's, where, that's the two places you can okay. find us. All right. Perfect. So here's everyone's can... favorite question. Um, Cole, you go first. Um, who's on your top musical playlist at the moment? <laughs> uh, well... I'm kind of I'm kind of punting this question because my my musical taste is very strange at the moment because we have <laughs> a one and a half year old that loves to dance to pop music. So we have a lot of pop music playing in the house. Um, and, you know, it's not music I would maybe normally listen to, <laughs> but yeah. I'm like I like it now because we listen to it so much. And, yeah. you know, it's like Jonas Brothers and Billie Eilish and uh post malone yeah and all that kind of stuff but well, i i grew up i grew up playing drums and i was i was a musician when i met danielle um i was i was playing in aspen as my profession um and so uh i i really love the roots um and quest love yeah. their drummer is a is a huge inspiration to me um and when I'm when I'm kind of out messing in the yard or whatever, I listen to like '90s alternative, uh, and I love Royal Blood. They're a they're they're a really cool group um, that 
if you if you just like some heavier rock music from like this day and age they're they're really cool good good band to check out cool awesome uh what about you danielle oh goodness i was hoping you weren't gonna ask oh, me gonna be asked <laughs> um i don't know i it's funny i have been investigating more of the pop music now that we're listening to it so much it's funny all of those things that cole mentioned are in our sonos sonos kids hit station uh, which i think is really funny but um I don't know. I, I tend to really like things that are more kind of that sound more like 1980s. Um, so I don't know. The Naked and Famous. Well, that's that. It's been a while since I've listened to them, but like I like. She she ones. really likes the National. I okay. Do like the National. I like basically Cole likes to joke and say that I like anyone who has a really monotone voice. <laughs> okay. Oh, so I don't know. That's funny. <laughs> Um, well awesome guys we'll have to add some of those to our our own playlist um thanks a ton for hopping on the podcast with us today yeah thanks so much for having us yeah thank you so much yeah absolutely keep in touch um online and if anyone out there wants to check them out um instagram at post and beam living or you can find their website uh, also listed through their instagram i believe yes perfect Well, thanks again for joining us and thank you all out there for listening. Join us next time on Next Step.